Well, it's always good to be at Cornerstone. I always joke that it's, uh, <clears throat> I get free psychotherapy sessions at uh, Cornerstone because I get away with saying things that I would not dare say at any other pulpit because I've been with you for so long. And, uh, you know, the worst thing happened, I, 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 you don't invite me back, right? So, I mean, I'm going to be here for a few more months. I think I'm going to come two more times this year. When Pastor Terry told me that the theme for this uh, season is expand, I, I, loved, I loved the theme because I'm always expanding myself, you know. That's part of the fun of coming here and telling you all the new things, okay. Plenty of new things since the last time I came. I think I came around maybe July, August, spoke at the men's retreat, but I don't count that since I was just to men, okay. Uh, but to the whole church, uh, maybe uh, half a year, a little bit more. So plenty of new things. Okay, what's the number one thing? The number one thing is grandchild number five was born around Thanksgiving. Oh, wow, that's a lot of fun, you know. You know, for, as a grandfather, you get all the joy of little kids without the mess of taking care of them. That's just, that's just the, the it's, it's the grace of God, I'll tell you that, it's the grace of God, okay? Uh, but it's number five, she's a real cutie, you know? And uh, it's really good, so it's granddaughter number three. I have two grandsons. Okay, what else is new with me in terms of expanding? So my family expanded. Uh, no, I got all these rings on my hand. I got this new wooden ring because I now make wooden rings as a hobby. And this one is made out of ebony and walnut. And uh, they're on sale on QVC if you want to buy some from me. Uh, <laughs> it's joking around. You can't, you know, no, I'm joking around, but uh, it's hobby. I always, I always have hobbies for some reason, you know. And so I said, oh, I, I'll make wooden rings, you know. So this looks halfway decent, you know, or halfway undecent, whatever we want to say. Okay, what else is new? My countdown to Medicare is on, it's, 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 it's set, you know, because Medicare, you know, you don't have to work for health insurance, and health insurance has a lot of money, right? My countdown is under a year. I'm 60, I passed 64 last week. Under a year. That's countdown. That's countdown, you know. We'll work for food. We'll work for, with Medicare. You know, Bernie Sanders, Medicare for all. I don't care for Medicare for all. I want Medicare for me. Okay, that's a Medicare for me. That's what I want, you know. Then I don't have to burn. That's, that's, that's the thing, okay? Other exciting things. I've expanded my health because, believe it or not, I'm running the New York City Marathon again in, in November of this year. And on my birthday last week, I ran six miles. Okay, so look. Lord willing, you get a, a, a slightly trimmer version of Jeff. Reverse expansion, you know, is good for the soul and, and good for the health, you know? But those are, I always like to joke around, you know? I'm, I'm really uh, joking around. But those are things that, like, all of us should be growing in these things, health-wise and relation and, 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 and interest and things like that. Uh, but what I want to talk about is expansion beyond these things. It's expansion spiritually. Because that's the real, to me, as a, as a believer and as, as someone who ministers the word of God, is the most important to me, that we are expanding spiritually. So when Pastor Terry told me that this was the theme, that one of the texts that came up was, why don't I preach the whole book of Philemon? Okay, now he said, wow, how long is that message? Well, you see, the good news, it's one book, and the better news, it's only one chapter, okay? <laughs> And in this, it's the most unusual book because it's a very private letter. 
so much that if I'm like thinking, should we include a book in the Bible? I said, why are we including this? This is so private, you know? Give me, a, give me one of the letters that Paul's writing to a church, you know? Hundreds of people. It applies better. He's, a, he's writing to one person, very, very personal, about a personal issue. But in this very unusual letter, that God in his, it is authority said this is going to make it in the New Testament. It reveals something about real life Christianity in the nitty gritty of life and how God is going to expand the horizons and experience of three individuals in this book that is only one chapter. So what we're going to do is I'm going to read this from the bulletin. And uh, so bear with me. Philemon chapter 1, that's the only chapter, chapter, uh, verse 8 to 21. Therefore, though I have enough confidence in Christ to order you to do what is proper, yet for love's sake, I would rather appeal to you since I am such a person as Paul, the aged, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus. I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my imprisonment, who formerly was useless to you, but now is useful both to you and to me. I have sent him back to you in person, that is, sending my very heart, whom I wish to keep with me so that on your, be- my be- your behalf he might minister to me in my imprisonment For the gospel, but without your consent, I do not want to do anything so that your goodness would not be in effect by compulsion, but of your free will. For perhaps he was for this reason separated from you for a while that you would have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me. But how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord? If then you regard me as a partner, accept him as you would me. But if he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, am writing with my own hand. I will repay it, not to mention to you that you owe to me even your own self as well. Yes, brother, let me benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ, having confidence in your obedience. I write to you since I know that you will do even more than what I say. This is a very, very personal letter that Paul is writing to a person named Philemon about a very interesting situation. There are three characters here. The slide's going to come up showing them. First, there's Paul, the writer. We all know him. Second, Philemon, the person who's getting the letter. And the third person, Onesimus, who is referred to in this letter. It's very, very personal, and it's a personal request Paul is making. Now, whenever you read the Bible and you read all these characters, I always tell people it kind of helps because there's going to be some character that you sort of like uh, associate with better. So there are three characters here and there's enough that there's probably going to be one that you, you feel closer to than the others, but they are all of benefit. The first one is Paul. 
And his situation is that he is old and imprisoned. It says that in the text. I, don't, I like the translation, aged, like cheese or fine steak, you know? Uh, but aged, and he's also a prisoner, okay? This is very, very important because Paul, in his heyday, was planting churches, three missionary journeys, going all around. He would have gotten the frequent flyer mileage, you know, that we all want, you know? He would have gotten that, free trips, He's in prison now. He's been in prison a few times. He's not as fast. He's old. He can't plant churches anymore. This is very, very important that you know this is Paul's situation. The second person that comes up, and I mentioned, was Philemon. And Philemon's situation is that he is wronged. He is wronged. Not much is really known about Philemon, but that he was a... a the one in which Onesimus was under. Onesimus was under Philemon, and he was wronged. And according to the text, there might have been some financial loss in this situation. I don't know if any of you have ever had financial loss or someone conned you of money. <laughs> you know, that's, that's not a fun thing. Not a fun thing. We'll get more to that. The third person is Onesimus. And he is a runaway slave and thief. Now, whenever we talk about slavery in the Bible, I got to always make this case, okay? Abduction slavery to be sell someone you abducted was so illegal in the Bible that the person, it was a capital punishment. They killed you in, 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 in Israel, in the Hebrews, because there's no abduction slavery even allowed in, 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 in amongst God's people. They did allow for financial sort of contract slavery if you're really poor and you know you just have to make ends meet and they so they so that they allowed okay we don't allow it anymore here but you kind of understand the humaneness of scripture whatever the situation was this onesimus ran away and let's say it was because he owed a debt he skips town doesn't pay the debt not only that, it appears to hint that he might have been some money involved. If you're gonna leave, you might as well take something, you know? Go on the front door, you know? There's some financial loss. So he is the one who has the, the wrongdoer, let's say. He took some money, right? All three intersect here in this letter of Philemon. And the question is, how does God how does God go beyond this situation? How will God extend transformation into their lives? Because you know what? I don't think we have this situation here. I don't think you're old in prison. You're not apostles and stuff like that, okay? We understand that. But we're all tied to one of these people, older can't get around anymore. Someone who has been wronged and has legal rights on your side and someone who has wronged you. How does Christ expand into these lives? And this is the very, very important thing. Because you know what? And I've been in ministry for a long time. And one of the reasons why I love coming here is that, i just be honest, I hate religion. The more I, I, I hate it, I hate institutional Christianity. 
but I love what is happening here because you're going to see three souls begin to expand in front of your eyes in ways. The first person who will be challenged is Paul himself. And the saying I have for Paul is, you never retire. Now, like I tell people when you read the Bible, you sort of like, yeah, I'm a little, I, I, I can side with, I understand this guy. I understand Paul more. I, I'm not like, I'm not an Onesimus guy. I'm not like wealthy, you know? I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not, I mean Philemon, I'm not wealthy, okay. I'm Paul, I'm old. Less than one year from Medicare. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, that's like, you know, I mean technically, I mean the health, the health premium is big, you know, it's expensive, you know? And so once Medicare kicks in, I already got my provider picked out. I'm gonna continue with Kaiser, you know? They did, they did me well for all these years. I'm gonna continue going on that path, you know? And you know what, I, I, I gotta tell you, I, I went into seminary when I was 21 years old, I left New York City. And then I went from New York and I went to seminary in Texas. And then I did my first ministry in Chicago. And then I came to San Francisco in 1990 to do my second ministry in the west side of uh, San Francisco. I've been here for 30 years, pastoring, seminary professor, and then pastoring again. And my wife retired last year. And I got to tell you, back in my mind, I'm saying, man, this body's getting old, man. This body's getting old. I think I, I, think I, need, I, need, I need retirement. I think, since I started really technically when I was 21, 42 years is more than enough, Lord Jesus. It's more than enough. You know, just give me, you know, I don't need a lot. Medicare plus something else, you know, that's good enough for me, you know. But you know what, I learned something. I was texting a friend who's a minister. Or so often I'll text some pastors that I know and I said to pray for me over this. And so this one pastor I was texting and I said, yeah, I'm getting old, I think I reti should retire soon. And he texted me, he said, Jeff, you'll never retire. You'll never retire. And my wife said the same thing. She could never see me retiring. But I wanna retire. That's the thing, I wanna retire. You know, but they can't see. And I know what they're saying, you see. It's the same reason why I'm here. And I, I, if, 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 if Terry has me, I'll be preaching here until I'm 75, you know? Because you know what? I've come to realize my Christianity is not a religion and my preaching is not a job. I've come to realize after 42 years of being in sort of training for ministry, and I became a Christian even a decade before that, that it finally got in my blood. And even though Paul could have said, you know what, I'm old, I'm retired, you know, look, I don't have time to get in these financial triangles, you know, where this is really messy, you know? You know how messy things are when, when you have discord between two people? I took a course in statistics. If you roll a number one on a dice, it's one in six chance. But to roll number one two times in a row, it's one over six times one over six. Exponentially, it's not two times harder. It's 36, the chance is one in 36 to get it. Because not only when you have someone counsels uh, 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 to reconcile, one person has to agree and the other person has to agree. That's what makes it really hard. That's why I don't want to be counseling. It's too hard, you know? Yeah, but you know what? For Paul, 
he knows that the purpose of his faith, even though he is old and he cannot do the church planting, the grace of God in reconciliation and transformation and making people to a greater place in their walk with God. I mean, you can't even, you can't shut this guy up. He's in prison. What more do you want? We imprison him. So, you know, you can't shut him up. Yeah, he can't do it publicly. Yeah, he'll do it privately. He'll write letters to churches in, 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 in encouraging them. Because you know what? If you walk right in your way of God, and you don't make the religion, and you don't make the institution your king, this is what can happen to you. And this might be the first time you will set foot in a church. We're not talking about this type of brick and mortar type of church. We're talking about transformation. So after decades of being in Christ, you're feeling like, you know, you can't shut me up because this is the greatest thing ever. Oh, wow. That's what I want to be. That's what I want to be. You never retire. Never retire. But there's a second person, and the second person is Philemon. And unlike Paul, who had his decades of ministry and now is the tail end, but he's going to, to the very end, he's going to be proclaiming Christ and helping people and transforming people. Philemon. His issue was this, he was wronged. And Paul's injunction to Philemon is basically captured in this phrase, I have grace received is grace given. If Paul's expansion was, are you going to expand the kingdom of God beyond your years and beyond the limitation of your imprisoned situation? Philemon's expansion is, you were wrong, man. The man stole your money. Do you receive him back? Do you receive him back not only without penalty, or do you even receive him back without penalty now as a brother in Christ? Now I'm thinking, Paul, that's easier said than done. See, I'm from New York City. Con men on every street. Someone want to sell you a big screen TV, but you got to go around the corner, you know? Ah, you fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. This guy stole my money. So, Paul, maybe I take him back, but I put him on probation. Maybe I'll add another year penalty for what I was lost. Law's on my side. But you want me to receive him as a brother without penalty? What got in your head, Paul? No one naturally does that. And that would be absolutely correct. No one naturally does that. But someone who knows the grace of God because they have received it, and Paul reminds Philemon that he owes his very life, his spiritual birth to Paul, needs to extend it to Onesimus. Man, when I get a fraudulent charge on my credit card, I go berserk, you know? All this mess, you got to get new cards, you know, and things like that. 
Imagine if there's a face to it, man. You know the person. And you got to take it by faith that Paul, your old friend, vouches for this person. I haven't even seen this guy. How do I know? May he give you like a song and dance, you know? Oh, man, there's a lot of risk for Philemon, tell you that. But for some of us, we've been wrong. And wrong hurts. But all of us have wronged God. And it hurt God big time. And we have been forgiven. Grace received is a grace given. There's a third person involved here. And his name's Onesimus. And the phrase that I have for him, don't run from your past, but grow from it. As I told earlier, when I, I, I tell people, teach people how to read the Bible, he said, well, you know, attach yourself to one of the, the people. You, you know, there's one that you're going to like. He relates to me more. For some, it's Paul. For some, it's Philemon. Ah, there'll be a few Onesimuses here. There's something in your past. Okay? But you want to seek a spiritual growth. And this is what happened to Onesimus. He runs. I don't know if he wanted to seek out Paul, but he found him. Paul disciples him, leads him to Christ. Paul tells Philemon, he's so good, he's such a benefit to me, send him back, he's going to help me in the gospel, you know? Like, what's going on, man? This guy's like, you know, like, this guy's in big debt, man. Wow. He's got a past, and Paul says, you know what? I'm sending you back to Philemon because you need to reconcile with that guy. Okay, I'm Onesimus. Can I stay with you? Bread and water is not that bad. Why do you want to go back to the scene of the crime? Also, Paul, you didn't get a response to your letter. I'll go back if Philemon sends a notarized letter saying that I'm receiving, I'll be taken back, no questions asked. And I want that notarized from one of those UPS stores, so it's illegal. There's some man off the street. Now, Onesimus goes without any guarantee of what Philemon will do to him. Wow. I don't know which is the hardest. I think they're all hard, depending on the situation you're in. They're all hard. None of them are easy, you see. But you see, all of them, and this is the beauty, all of us are in a different place in our journey, you know? And even if you're new, to church and new at Cornerstone, the fact that you're here and listening to a message from an old Asian man is pretty amazing itself, you know? <laughs> God is expanding your horizons, you know? Or maybe you're a veteran, you're like 30, 40, you're like Paul. Each one of us is a different situation in life, but each one of us 
Never stop being extended and having our faith expanded in ways you would never, never dream of. Never. And this is the amazing thing about God because God, Christianity, it is not about religion. It is not about institution. But at the very end of the day, it is about personal transformation to understand fully the grace of God. And you see it here in a real life situation. You know what Paul did. But you don't know what Philemon will do. And you don't know what Onesimus, well, he's going back. But you don't know what's going to become of these people. And this is the weirdest thing about them. Why, why have such, this, what have the very interesting book in the New Testament, you know? Give me 10 things to do. I like that better. Five steps to have a happier marriage. Three steps to be a better grandparent. You know, those types. You know, everyone loves those to-do things. 30 days to a slimmer, tra uh, you know, a waistline and a more powerful prayer life. You know, those types of books, you know? We all love that, you know? What this? This is the weirdest book. Okay. We don't know in the text what happens to these people. But there is something in the early church fathers. And there's a quote that shows up on the screen. Vincent was kind enough to print it out. My eyes, I'm aged and decrepit. In need of Medicare. <laughs> when I get it, I'm gonna have like Medicare on my t-shirt. I'm gonna preach to you, man. <laughs> I have therefore received your whole multitude in the name of God through Onesimus, a man of inexpressible love and who is your bishop, whom I pray you by Jesus Christ to love and that you would all seek to be like him. Blessed be God who has granted unto you who are yourselves so excellent to obtain such an excellent bishop. Now, there is no proof that this Onesimus on the screen is the Onesimus in Philemon. But the tradition of the church fathers has that it is the same individual. You want to talk about expansion? You're talking a man, a person who is in financial servitude, loan shark type of debt, didn't know God, stole money, and he becomes the bishop of Ephesus, a man of inexpressible love. I love how they do it. Now, we don't know if this is the same guy. You know, maybe a common name, like, you know, like Jeff, you know? Not a common name, but Onesimus. But I don't know, if you, I mean, you, you probably can't name an Onesimus in your life, you know? I think he is the same guy. You know what? This is the greatest thing about God. 
He could transform you. to heights you have never imagined. If you understand the grace of God and you extend grace, you don't try to hide your background. This is what Christianity is. I wouldn't give... I can care less about institutional church, even though I work in institutional church. Because this is, this is, if you're just stepped into church, what Christianity is all about. And once you understand that, your life will never be the same. Where are you today? Are you Paul, Philemon, Onesimus? Let the grace of God expand you. Allow me to pray. Our Heavenly Father, I just give thanks for this time to share a word with my friends at Cornerstone. Wherever we are, the depth of how you work with us and the grace with how you work with us and the development of how you work within us is evident. For those who are my age and above, we have run the race. But in this life, we will never end the race as long as we breathe. Because your faith is in our souls and your grace runs in our veins. For those who have been wrong, I pray that we would understand something, that we are no better, and that we can extend a forgiveness to others. For those who are on the run, not to be on the run and to transform us in ways we could never imagine. For I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.